Where's Stormy Daniels at now? She fired Michael Avenatti. Yeah, she's minding her fucking business. Exactly. Going she's paid. getting out of that smoke. She's on, uh, what's what's that, Campster.com? Oh, now y'all going to act like y'all don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> I know what you're talking about, but I don't know. I didn't know she was on there. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you. I'm like, even the porn man is going to play me right now? Hold wow, on. he's known as the porn man. Wow. wow. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. We are jumping over all kind of bridges right now. Uh, you know, no, y'all just trying to play me out. Like, I believe in Jesus Christ, the Savior. Uh, I don't even know what you are talking about, pornography. It's just a public service announcement. Hello, and welcome to Decoding Ford. Let me tell you dudes what I do to protect this. The podcast where we fearlessly and ferociously explore, debate, and laugh at the complex inner workings, issues, and thinking of today's grown only describe us as soldiers, survivors. Now here's the crew. Allow me to introduce myself. To Mac, aka Mr. Rourke, making all your fantasies come true. Talk, talk so nicely. Up next, I kicks the mad style, so step off the Frankfurter. Brooklyn's best kept secret. Ella Rick, half man, half amazing. Let's not forget, Mr. Straight with no chaser, and Harlem's adopted son, Leon, aka L dot O dot. I'm complex. I excel, then prevail. And last, but definitely. Not Not least, the master of impressions, king of the town, who's our favorite comedian. I hope he becomes yours too. Now let's get it all in perspective. Mr. Vincent Perez. My family, what up? This is Decoding 40. You already know. Don't stop. No one can do it better. But yeah, that's what Stan, uh, Stormy Daniels is doing now. Yeah, minor business. Yeah, but meanwhile, Avenatti is facing all these charges and mm. um, lawsuits, I guess. Mm. And hey, as a, as a lawyer, how can you not? I know, but he came how, out so strong. Like, but how did? But how did he miss? How did he miss the side game as an attorney? What do you mean? How did, how did he miss what? How did he miss? Clear. I'm not. I don't know whether he's guilty or innocent. I'm just. He's presumed innocent until otherwise proven. What I'm saying is, is lawyers have to. In my opinion, lawyers dot their eyes and cross their t's a lot more than your average person. And he's had a lot of successful lawsuits against a big companies. So how, if if all of this is true, how did he miss the game of them coming after him? How did he miss it? That's my question. I think he had too much exposure. I mean, this is a similar thing to what's happening with Forty Five, right? So he's been in a criminal enterprise for all these decades. Yeah, and you get so comfortable in it that you don't realize if you put yourself in a public square. That creates additional scrutiny that you're not really ready for. Yeah. But you've been inoculated for all this time. You think, okay, if I put myself in this new space, it's, I'm going to get the same results. And Avenatti's finding out differently. And, and now your boy is going to find out different. Even if he's in there but, another four years, but, it, the world is going to change significantly in the way he was able to operate prior to him being in office to after him being in office. I don't think for Avenatti there even has to be any legitimacy to the accusations because the, what they're trying to accomplish is to assassinate his character. So it could be bullshit. Right. And he may have all the proof, but that's going to be months down the line. They've already dragged him. Right. And that's, that's the point. But that was the point. Which makes him now ineffective. But is, is that different than what they're doing to black legacy? They're destroying every, everyone who we see as an icon. They've either, they've either killed him or, Allegedly, or or they've destroyed their legacy. There's there's almost who's left. Yeah, I, I think yeah, it's it's a touchy subject. Like like Bill Cosby, right? What he built it's with the Cosby subject. Show. Bill Cosby, 
Nice segue. <laughs> Morpheus. <laughs> it's a druggy, touchy subject. Yes. Um, but what he built, like his legacy, like from, from television and all of these uh, shows that he created that put black people in a very positive light. But in the That's same insane. time, you are a fucking degenerate perv. If you drug, but here's the thing. I don't, I don't think all of his accusers were just victims. Some of them were participating because they all were doing drugs. If somebody hands me, if you hand me pills right now and you say, here, take this, I'm going to say, well, what is that Mm. before I take it? Or, you know, I agree. I think that that's a lot. So some of them, May have been victimized, but I don't think everybody was a victim. They were signing place. up to get high. They wasn't signing to get fucked. I'm saying, I mean, there's a difference. When you you sign up to get high, you think you're having a good time with these people, and next thing you know, you got fucking Bill breathing on your back. And, now, and now you took some shit, you're like, why can't I move? Did you meet Bill and Dang Bang? No, I didn't meet Bill and Dang Bang. I'm <laughs> letting you know. Gang bang. He's gang banging. <laughs> dang banging and gang banging. But out of the, 50, out, out of the 53 women... How many of them was was that their story? Right. That's that's the other thing. Like a lot of them were. Uh, Bill was inappropriate with me. Uh, Bill invited me to his room, but there weren't a lot. A lot of Bill slipped something into my drinks. No, there weren't a lot of them. No, it was like he but gave how me many, a pill and I took it. How many drinks do you need to slip something into before you become a perv? Just <laughs> one. Just one. Okay. I'm just saying that 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 wasn't everybody's story. <laughs> I know. I'm just, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You just, yeah, just one. <laughs> that goes for you too, Rick Ross. <laughs> oh, wait, what? Oh, you, you never heard that song? Mm-mm. No. Oh, the, oh, one the song, about the, the Molly. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 you, yes, yes. You ain't even, know, ain't even know it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Creep. That's CeeLo. Didn't CeeLo do that? No. CeeLo did He got in trouble for something like yeah, that. He he gave, he yeah, he gave somebody some drugs like that. Yeah. And they didn't know. He he was on The Voice at the time, and that's when they got rid of him and put Pharrell on. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Come on and have a sip here and sip on something to drink with me. I'm CeeLo. <laughs> I don't know if he got convicted. I think no, it's crazy. That's, wow. <laughs> <laughs> this drink is crazy. Possibly. Is it drugs in it? Possibly. <laughs> it's fucked up. <laughs> but it's funny. Fuck that. No, that's funny. Shit. I, I think if, look if you're if you're a degenerate if you're a scumbag if you're a perv it doesn't matter who you are I think you know you need to get dragged mm-hmm. you got to get dragged but you know if it's just character assassination and there's no validity to it there's no truth to it then I think we need to scrutinize that too you can't just let somebody accuse you and you right. just let people go like I think especially when it's thirty years ago yeah mm-hmm. but I, but I think you know we as a as a as a oops sorry about that. As a society, too, I think it because it's different now, everything's immediate gratification that you just um, you re, people react to things now. They don't even want to do the work behind what it is. It true? Is it not true? We're just so reactionary. So then people just, you know, they bug out, they see something and they react. And then the whole tidal wave comes behind that. You know, and by the time you really find out the truth, people don't even give a shit anymore. It's mm-hmm. like, ah, that was two hours ago. Yeah, that's the problem. This is the next fucking video I'm looking at right now. Right. So, the court of public opinion, you get immediate results. 
of guilt or innocence, or you know. But it's so surface. Side. It's so surface, and people yeah. make judgments, and, and and you know what I mean. But look at TMZ. That's why TMZ is who they are right now. TMZ started out some scumbag shit, and now scumbag. it's still scumbag, some scumbag shit. But I'm a lawyer. You have so many different outlets. CNN will say, "Well, CNN was, uh, you know, TMZ was on the scene right, when right. it happened." And it's like they they're usually the first people that gets the fucking Michael Jackson call, the Prince call, whoever's yeah. been shot. You know, when Nipsey got killed, this they were the first ones to report the shit. They, that they he got do a killed. good job at getting in front of the story. Yeah, yeah. They definitely get a good. This scumbaggery job. is is for real. You know, but yeah, but from from a from from a journalistic perspective, they are always in front of the story. They almost always in front of the story. Yeah, they, I'm, they, I'm always skeptical of media, and it doesn't matter the outlet. Cause I don't trust I don't trust MSNBC more than I trust Fox, and I and I say that only because there is there's a curve to it. Everybody's got a curve. So while I still might be more left leaning and more liberal leaning, but if that's the only story you get, if that's the only narrative you get, like Republicans, you may not agree, but they have a point of view, and you still need to know what that point of view is because. Yeah. You might agree with some of it. That, if you get none of it, you know. That was the most interesting thing. So I was watching uh, um, Real Time with Bill Maher and um, uh, Anthony Scaramucci was on there. And he was talking about, he goes, I need you to hear me, Bill. He was like, the biggest thing that you guys don't do is you don't listen to the other side. We listen to your side and we respond. We craft the message and we respond to it. He goes, you guys just tune us out completely. And if you tune us out completely, how can you possibly connect with us? So I don't agree with necessarily his politics, but what he said made a lot of sense to me. And I try to listen to, I'm left-leaning as well, I try to listen to the right side of things. Um, and I start wanting to throw my shoe at the television, but mm. I agree with you. What has happened is is it's become an echo chamber of my opinion in a lot of these things. And I'm really trying to break out of that. Yeah. Um, you know, but to watch my father vote for Obama twice and then vote for Trump, it really disturbed me. It really bothered me. And and I still haven't recovered from him doing that. Um, just just knowing who he is and where he came from, coming from the deep south, to cast a vote for that man, I realized the impact that the media because he was he started watching weird parts of YouTube and Alex Jones and I don't know how he got in that place. I don't know how it happened. Mm. What in that in that messaging resonated with him, but you know, um, I, I do think we need to listen. Point being is, I think we need to listen to the other side. Yeah, I think people think that you. I think it was Denzel Washington that said, "If you don't watch the news, you're uninformed, and if you do watch the news, you're misinformed." Mm, right. And I think that that's exactly what happens because when you watch MSNBC or you watch CNN, the majority of it is talking heads, panels. Right. And if you keep watching that, that's where you start to form what you think is your opinion. But it's not your opinion. You've sort of been programmed to right. what's important. Here's how you should think about it. And here should be your response. It's, it, you know, it, it, that to me is not helpful for the American public because it's actually helping to make this bigger divide because Fox is doing the same thing. The exact same thing. So they're pulling these these the, the they're pulling the people apart. Well, that's what. But that's one of the reasons I'm a I'm a I'm an advocate and I support Vice News because I feel like I get news. Yeah. It, it it's not 
spin. I mean, like that. You Vice News reminds me of what Walter Cronkite did when I was a kid. Yeah, it's just here's what happened. Right, make an opinion. When I want to watch the news, you know what I watch? What's that? New York One. Yep. And News Twelve. Yes, those. You that's know, the. Yep. They're fucking dry. It's dry. But it's, it's not just entertaining. News. Right. It's but it's the just news, news, and that's it. No, but you know what? You know what else I like? Uh, BBC. BBC gives me news. I, f- I find them to be um, still on that white supremacist shit, BBC. Which, BBC or BBC America? Uh, BBC. I listen to BBC every morning on NPR. Okay. Uh, the World News. Yeah. And if you listen to it, they'll tell you what's happening in Europe. And then when they leave Europe, they're talking about all the disasters that is every place else in the world is brown. Mm. You'll you hear it every every day, like. But you know, so there was a story about these two Swedish guys who are developing some new technology, and they're doing it in Africa, right? Yeah. Um, but then the next story, which was about Africa, was about these women who were uh, who who set up like this support system for rape victims, mm. right? So the positive story in Africa was about two Swedish dudes. The next, the negative story was about rapes in Africa. Mm. You know what I mean? Like mm. there's not a balance of, of what else is happening in Africa that's good right. that yeah. isn't related to white people or Europeans. Cause there is a lot going on. Yeah. It's actually really hard to get news. It's very difficult, especially from a global perspective and a national perspective. It's really difficult. Like one of the things, one of the things, and this may sound silly, but one of the things that really bothers me is that I live in North America and I know next to near nutter about Canada. Like, why don't I get any, I don't know shit about, I just know when they got a new president that makes Mm -hmm. the news. Other than that, I don't know. These are our neighbors. Right. I know more about Mexico that because it's a, it sells. It's it's like you said. It's a brown country. There's drugs, narcos. So there's all this insight that I have to Mexico that I have dick about Canada. But it's not it's not even really a good insight into Mexico because what we get is not right. the full picture. And I think that speaks to the programming that you're talking yeah. about. And it's not until something else is introduced to you, you're like, oh wait a minute, because that happens to me all the time where I kind of get uh, shaken and think damn it, man, I'm not paying attention to anything international. So, and this goes back to what we were talking about before, because right now I, I tend to be a news junkie, but I can't stand the pundit shows. So, cause I'd rather just hear news or mm-hmm. watch uh, a show that's talking specifically about a topic for 30, 60 minutes. Then I can kind of dig into that, but I lost my train of thought. But, um, so, um, Decoding 40. I think I was saying something to the effect that um, you, the, the pundits become characters and actors. Yeah. So, and it's, they are there to, because some of the points that they're making are absolutely ridiculous, but they have to have this counter uh, debate yeah. in order to make the conversation more stimulating. But I, I, for, and I've actually recently found myself watching C-SPAN more often so I can watch the hearings yeah. for myself. Yeah. It's it's actually it's it's which is another which is another indicator that we're getting old. But yes, yes. It, it's it's boring as hell um, because you don't know what hearing is going to be playing at you know whatever time. 
So you're sitting through a bunch of like, bullshit, yeah. process, government right. process, which is f- watching Super paint boring. dry. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Super boring. But at the same time, it's really important because things get passed and which are affecting your life that you have no idea is happening. And, you know, yeah, we should stay informed, but you're not going to get that kind of information. They're only going to tell you what they think is important mm-hmm. and who decides for you what's what's most important. I actually get a lot of news. Well, uh, let me, I want to say this first. I do kind of like certain long format shows um, who bury the lead and give me a substantial amount of information, like a Rachel Maddow. I know she takes an hour to get to the point, but I really like that. But the yeah, other, I think she does a great job. I that. think she does a really good job. And sometimes she hypes up stuff and, and it's, it's a nothing burger, right. but you know, like with the taxes and all that. But I mean, I think that's just going to happen as part of the process. But I actually get a lot more insight into things that are going on, unfortunately, from the comedy shows. Yeah. Which is true. your Bill Maher, which is your Daily Show, which is your Last Night with John Oliver. Like, I feel like I get a lot of information and news from them. And that's that's actually kind of sad for society. You know why John Stewart and... Uh, and, and um John Oliver was so effective is because their research department. Yeah. Phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Phenomenal. Because they're, they're really digging in and that's what we sort of crave. We want to know all the information and they've dug up all the information and they've just prevent, they presented it in a way that, you know, it's easy for people to understand and to digest. Yeah. It's, it's, it sucks. Yeah. That John Oliver team, uh, what is it? uh, Last week tonight. Amazing. They do a a phenomenal job. Amazing. Yeah, but that that doesn't speak to a, a, a large portion of society. A lot of people just want to see shit to blow up on TV. That's their whole thing. You mean in the news? In the news in general. Like a lot of people just like, it's sunny outside and what's happening on the news? They want to see some sort of, Trauma. it's like the people who fucking slow down to watch car accidents. Right. That's There's a large portion of society that's just like that. They just crave everything that we obviously dislike because- I know I'm, you know, none of us in here are idiots, but it's like you see sometimes some of these news stories and yeah. it's like the same five stories over and over again right. Just and it's feeding it to somebody. Somebody's eating it, right? right? And I'm sitting there going like, oh, here we go, you know? And, and now they've they've hyped up every part of the news with graphics and explosions and, and, and different terminology. A fucking snowstorm used to be a snowstorm, right? Simple. It's gonna snow tomorrow. Wear your fucking boots now. <laughs> now it's snow, 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 snow. Let's go to the snow Doppler three thousand. <laughs> oh my god, the, the, the snowballs are everywhere. They they fucking because but that's part of entertaining but, the audience. But they're entertaining, yeah. but they're also sponsored by Acme or whatever the fucking supermarket of the day is. Mm-hmm. So it's like everything is they they create this. This you know not to be the be, be the dead horse, but they create this matrix that people just float in, and motherfuckers who who want the real information, you know, go to John Oliver or go to you know a Bill Maher or go to a Trevor Noah because they're really fucking doing it. Or go to Vice because they're doing it. Everybody else is just sitting there like, oh, I you've seen a Popeyes commercial twenty five times in a day, don't even realize you've seen it. Next thing you know, I don't know, I've got a taste mm. for Popeyes biscuits right now. Mm. Next, you know, you're fucking eating Popeyes. There's just certain people who are good like that. And the rest of us, you know. Well, I think it's important that we promote those people who are giving those, uh, giving that, giving the yeah. public that type of information and insight. Got to smarten up. 
because it's no, because it, now it's getting worse. I think with politics because you know they they create this you know good cop bad cop thing. I, I know a lot of it's created by um, companies who are who push these politicians, but a lot of shit is like a lot of real shit is happening, and most people just they just don't give a fuck. I mean, I think that's a good segue to uh, us talking about why so many Trump supporters and right wing Republicans don't want the Affordable Care Act or trying to dismantle the Affordable Care Act, considering how many of them benefit from it. And it doesn't. And I think they hate Obamacare, but they like the Affordable Care Act. But yeah, I actually think it's two different. So you have your politicians who are trying to dismantle it. Yeah. And you have your constituency who need it, yeah. don't want it attached to Obama, but still want to benefit from it. Benefit from it. Mm-hmm. I, so, I think that the politician uses that as sort of... Uh, the meat to stir up yeah. that kind of that carnal need to, yeah, let's get rid of this. Yeah, let's get rid of it. Even though I need this shit like right now. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I saw it was... Um, was it Jimmy Kimmel or one of them? You know, he does a thing on the streets mm-hmm. and they ask that question, you know, to some people like, well, you know, what do you think about Obamacare? Oh, I don't like it at all. I think it's disgusting and, you know, no right. gooders are taking advantage of it. What about the Affordable Care Act? Well, yeah, I think I can get behind that. Right. The same fucking <laughs> exactly. person. Right. Same person. Same. Yeah. It's the same act. But that that goes to how, Rick, I know you talk, you talk about this all the time, buzzwords and certain words they use. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Affordable Care Act sounds something that the government's really behind and doing. Obamacare is like, there goes that one again with his, you know, socialism and everything mm-hmm, else. Right. So it's word usage. It's, it's almost like global warming as opposed as opposed to climate change. Because right. when you say global warming, you're just saying that it's going to be warmer. When I hear that, I think of warm and hot summers, not the fact that the winters are getting bad. So an idiot like Trump can say, whoa, well, we sure need some global warming now when there's fucking minus 50 degrees in Michigan. But he doesn't understand the science. Well, he doesn't want to understand the science. But there's a lot of people who hear that word. Well, it's not cold. It's not hot. It's not global warming. It's cold here. Well, that's because it's climate change. Well, you know those uh, famous geologists, Diamond and Silk. <laughs> they said that even climate change should be expected because the earth is rotating and that's going to cause some climate change right wow I find that, that Republicans are better at messaging though I think they're much better at framing things for example when someone passes away there was something there's a tax on, on, on inheritance okay they rebranded it the death tax mm. instead of it just being a state tax. They call it the death tax. Affordable care becomes Obamacare. So they to, it's not Obama's name is nowhere on that bill, right? Death tax is nowhere on a state tax. The reason they put a state tax taxes on a state because it's a huge transfer of wealth and it's and it's not for poor people. It's for people who have means and they rebranded it the death tax. So I think they're much better at the messaging and and attaching the message messaging to emotional triggers that force people into positions where they vote against their own interests. Well, I, I wouldn't say that they're they're better. What I would say is that they appeal to people's fear, which is easier to trigger people with rather than Democrats who are trying to make you hopeful about the future 
about your neighborhood. They want what Republicans will appeal to is they're going to take this from you. They're encroaching on your things. They're living tax. They're they're living off of your hard work. Um, socialism socialism is going to uh, stop your progress. They they appeal to fear, and fear is a lot easier to work with than love. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Tell me, pick any candidate you'd like in the 2020 field Mm -hmm. and tell me what their messaging is that stuck with you. From 2020? Anybody, there's 20 people running, 819. To to be honest, I I haven't really been following at all because the field now is is way too big and most of them are going to fall off very soon. You know, there's going to be, there's going to be, there's going to be after Iowa, you'll see like a yeah, there's, there's, there's going to be a couple of, of stops on the campaign trail and they'll begin to fall away. And then you'll see who's really going to be running, you know, but Trump, I wanted to add, Trump, uh, no, I just want to say Trump's is make America great again. It was real simple. It was a throwback. It was speaking directly to a specific type of person and it connected right. just like yes, we can did. Exactly. So, so look at look at the messaging. Look at the messaging. Make America great again, right? That means that things have been taken away from you, and we're going to I, exactly. go back to it, right? Exactly. Yes, we can. Is a hope in the future. We yeah. can. Right. We right. can. We all right. can. Mm. So that's what I'm saying. That Democrats. Yeah. That's why they need such an 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 emotion, a character that to run for president that's going to um, get people emotional and inspired. Uh, inspired about what what could happen in the future. That, that's the only way we win. That's the only way you're going to win because uh, people are scared. You know, if you you know if you if you're people getting laid off at, at the factory you work at, or or your factory is moving to Mexico or moving to to Canada or wherever else it's going to go. Yeah, you're fearful that you know you won't be able to feed your family. I get it. Automation jobs going, and that's what that's what they appeal to. We and and they've been doing it for a long time. The the dog whistle is 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 that's what Republicans do. Yeah. What what I was going to say was um, I remember when I worked at the Attorney General's office, I I asked a defense attorney why does she like doing what she does, and she says when you're in court in the argument, it's so much easier to tear down someone's argument than it is to build one up. And that's what the progressives versus conservatives are dealing with. The Republicans have really not presented any plans to counter what the Democrats are trying to do. Like it would be helpful for me and I think healthy in our society that if the Democrats are saying this, the Republicans just put up their bill so we can match it. Figure out what are the difference? What are the outcomes? And then we can evaluate as a country and say, okay, this makes sense. This doesn't make sense. And I think that's the way to this ideal of bipartisanship. So whenever you have one side of the equation who is trying to sell hope and the other one that's trying to preserve ideals, right? it's easier to tear down the hope because it has not manifested itself yet. Right. And I think the game is supposed to work this way. Mm. The whole thing is built to work this way. That's why there's no third parties. There's no, there's no viable third party. And uh, that's that keeps us at odds. That keeps them in their jobs. Mm-hmm. That you know, you pit one side of the country against the other. Yeah. The, pain, the, the pendulum just swings back and forth and back and forth. Right. You know, and never in our favor. Not yet. But keep hope, brother Malcolm. <laughs> <laughs> keep hope alive. <laughs> the rent is too high. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, it's it's. it's uh, 
It's a bananas pajama situation. <laughs> it really is. It really is. It's fucking nuts, man. You know the 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 manipulation, the level of manipulation from the time you're born to the time you die, and and how they want you to think in certain boxes. If you come out of that box, you're a rebel. You're a socialist. You're this. You're that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And 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 something as simple as just changing the name of something, just get it gives a total opposite opinion of something. Affordable haircut, uh, help, uh, affordable health care act. That sounds great and wonderful. Obamacare, I hate it. Mm. It's it's just that simple. It's the same fucking thing, and, and something is that simple. Something is that minute in language can change an entire policy. And you know how long it's taken for them to do that to dumb down society to this point. Mm. It's uh, a lot of work, man. I don't know if it took a lot of work. Well, you know what it is. L is that I think like when, when when was the intellectual peak of the uh, United States based on the trajectory <laughs> that we're on right now? Like, <laughs> well, I think I think it was a I, but no no absolute hypocrisy, great populace of illiterate people. I get I get all that, and I'm a hundred percent with you on that. But I think it before TV and social media and all that stuff, yeah. there was still there was still. A, a general respect for intelligence. Now we don't have any respect for anything really anymore. True. When I that's watched, the, you know what I mean? you're talking about intellectual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying that as a country and how it's founded on the, that. No. That's oh, okay. facts. Gotcha. Super facts. But what I'm saying is, just in general, as a population, there was a lot more respect for, you know, oh, an intelligent person speaking on a given subject. Now you don't have to be an expert of anything, right. as long as you're convincing enough and charismatic, they can, and, and they can tweet get, about it, and they can tweet about it, and they can get you know five minutes from you, right. and like the speaking on that, as far as not really knowing anything on just making billions of dollars, they have that young woman, white woman recently, that's a billionaire that had some sort of uh, intellectual idea or property and she had she was selling this fictitious device that didn't exist and she was worth like a billion dollars oh i know you're talking you, about you, you yeah. hear about that story i i can't remember the woman's no, name no i i know exactly it's a, there's a movie about it right no yeah, it's not a movie they're about to it's make a movie about, of it um Oh, they're about to. They're make about a movie. to make a movie, but no, this woman a documentary, the woman who made the blood machine. Yeah, yes. whatever yeah. it is, oh, it's some yeah, bullshit, yeah, yeah. right? So the shit doesn't even exist. It doesn't. No, it, it existed. It didn't yeah, work. But what I'm right. Her expectations, what she was selling, didn't exist, and she was selling it, and people were like, "Yeah, okay." And they said one of the things that she would do is she made her voice a little deeper. Like it, it was that she had a whole. She was a fucking magician, basically. Sounds about white. She had this whole, yeah. She had this whole persona with the black pantsuits and, and the little fucking earpiece coming down and the, and the voice and it's going to be a great thing. And people bought into it to the tune of, you know, hundreds of millions, billions of dollars. It was she, The company was uh, Theranos and uh, Elizabeth Holmes. Yeah. yeah. She was emulating, but, she said she was emulating Steve Jobs. Then it was very intentional. But like yo, if you look, she was like a female Steve Jobs. If you watch her talk, her movements, the way she dressed, it was all it was a Steve Jobs knockoff. Wait, why are you mad at her? But, no, I'm not mad at her, oh. but, but just think of I'm saying how easily manipulated people, oh, people are, right? Yeah. Think of the name of the fucking with the drug or the Theranos. This, the sound of that sounds like, oh shit, we gotta get on board with this. Well, I don't know what it is. It's Theranos. And the, all of that shit is yeah, but aren't I, aren't ideas still, more powerful I'm, I'm than weapons? Un, I'm than, still unclear about that story. Like, 
So, All right, so what was so what she, so basically what she did was she had a background in healthcare, or whatever, or or something related to it, and she basically what happens is when you go to uh, the hospital, they have just to tell me the story. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm telling you the story. Well, I need to tell you what the machine does. Okay, okay. So when you go, when you, we've all been to the doctor. They take vials and vials and vials of blood. They take three, four vials of blood, and they test the blood for various different things: your cholesterol, STD, whatever you're doing. They they have to take this massive amount of blood. She said that she is going to create a machine, which was the size of, say, a desktop computer, mm. where it would only be able to take one or several drops of blood and it would be able to in in like a Walgreens in real time from those two drops of blood, be able to run all of those same tests. OK, so it was a desktop machine that actually was supposed to do all of these things. None of that shit works. So basically what they were doing was they were taking the blood samples and they were running the tests manually in the lab oh. and then saying it came from the machine. Gotcha. So she they she actually got the money to build the machine, but she could never get it to work. And instead of just saying, yo, this doesn't work, I'm going to have to go back to the drawboard or bringing in more engineers or trying to figure it out. She faked it. She faked it. Oh, and then wow. just kept raising money and they kept giving her money and because what a great it. fucking idea right. if it could actually work. Gotcha. And she was spending a lot of it. You know, but she was still trying to make the machine. At some point, she stopped trying to make the right. machine and just started working on it because it was a full time job to keep the, it was the a scam. It went. Right. It went from I. I really have good intentions to, to I'm about to make off. Fucking, I'm about right. to get this bread. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna make. I'm about to make off. Went, to, went from Fire Festival to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it went from Fire Festival to. Fire, Fire Festival. Festival. <laughs> and everybody would be living it up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. What happened to that guy? Who, Ja Rule? Ja Rule. He got, did he get any charges from the Fire Festival situation? No, I think the, the, the he guy walked? who was he running it was yeah. the only one that got charged. I think. Um, I don't even know if this is true, but someone was telling me because Ja Rule never signed any of the documents. Yeah. He was not liable. He was just actually a contracted artist yeah. or something like that. Yeah. That believed in it. And yeah. which I guess was smart for Ja Rule. Mm-hmm. Didn't Ja Rule already go to jail? Yeah. Yeah. Did. What did he go to jail tax for? Evasion. Tax evasion. Oh, I thought it was a gun charge. I thought I it was know. tax evasion. That Joe went around the same time, didn't he? I don't know. Yeah. Tax evasion. Tax Ain't that a bitch? Yeah, that's well, how they failure, get you. failure to file or tax evasion. That's, that's, that's horrible. When, that when you get enough money, that's that's a real that's a real charge. It's a problem. Mm. That's a real charge. Fifty so. Cent was happy about it, huh? I said Fifty Cent was happy about oh. it. <laughs> King Petty, what up? Yeah, he's Fifty Southside. Decoding Forty. What else we got on there? What else? What else topics do we got there? Talk about your first car and your first job. Did we talk about this before? I, I don't think we talked about No, I don't think we did. No? no? I don't think so. First okay. car. Tell us about your first car and your first job. Who wants to go first? Oh, you should go first. You tell you. Oh. <laughs> your Peugeot my, 505. My, my Peugeot story. Um, <laughs> all right. So my first car was a 1987 Peugeot 505 STI Turbo. It's a beautiful car. Nice. Father got it for me. I was 17 at the time. I had just got my license and we went uptown to get the car 
and the car was beautiful, but it was a real wheel, real wheel drive vehicle. It was a V6 with a turbo in it. So the shit Ooh. was just fast, right? Too fast for a 17 year old who doesn't have any idea how automobiles really work, right? You and I drive, like that your pops allowed you to get it. Well, he got it for me. He basically <laughs> picked the shit up because he got a deal on it, you know, um, and was like, well, let me get you this. And he was like, you want this one? I was like, yeah. He was like, all right, fuck it, let's get it. So I get the Peugeot from this spot up in the Bronx. And what happened was initially um, the radio that it came with had some sort of code on it. But they didn't, the dealership didn't have the code for the radio. So basically they had to call Peugeot and get the code or whatever. They're like, well, you have to, you're going to have to come back to the dealership to get the code put back into the radio. Mm-hmm. So this is like 10 days later, right? So one of my homegirls is like, yo, can I roll with you? Because I want to see what type of vehicles they got since, you know, you got this really nice car for what you pay for, whatever. Um, quick backstory, the dealership was doing some sort of money laundering while I'm getting closed by the FBI. But that's that's nice. later, right? So um, we get the car. I'm going to go pick up my homegirl. I'm driving on the Southern State Parkway, and I'm doing like 60, 70 miles an hour. And I was with one of my boys, and he was like, look out. And when he said that, I think I was coming back into the exit lane or whatever, and it looked like I was going to hit somebody. And when I was going to go to the left or something like that, I basically jerked the wheel. Mm. And because it's real wheel drive, the real wheel hit, went onto the, the actual dirt of the road. So it starts to spin out of control. So I did like a 360 across a couple of lanes. At this point, I just froze and my foot was on the gas. I wound up careening like sideways over the Southern State, hit a tree, it, the car flipped on its side and it like basically was chopped in half. Like, wow. like damn near, wow. like it would look like a karate chop to it. So then the car engine was still running. The car's on the side. I'm like fucking hysterical. I finally turned the car off. My boys passed out. So then I kind of wormed my way out of the car and I started flipping out like, oh shit. And I remember the cop coming and I was like, oh, my father's going to fucking kill me when he finds out about this. And he's like, you worried about your father? You worried about the car? Your friend's bleeding there. Like, he going to be all right, but my father? <laughs> you don't understand. My father is going to fuck me up. <laughs> Nigga, get up. Give him some smelling salts. He'll be fine. <laughs> so that, and I had that car for 12 days before wow. I flipped it on the Southern State, right? My first job, my first real job was at Sneaker Village at Shoppers Village. I was getting three fifty an hour. That's that's going back three fifty an hour minimum wage minimum super minimum wage super super <laughs> minimum wage. I was making three fifty an hour. I was working at Sneaker Village, and the guy that owned the spot he was kind of like a racist shit, but he gave us money and like if we want a discount on sneakers, he was giving like five dollars off the sneakers. Sneaker be a hundred dollars. Like he was a dick. <laughs> but one thing I do remember about that job was. Um, the owner was dating the woman who ran the register, mm. and he used to beat her ass on a regular. Oh, didn't go he, where I thought it was going. Yeah, he used to. He was a violent dude. You know what I'm saying? And um, the last, I mean, she was. I, I mean, I want to throw salt in the wound, but she was kind of a bitch. I guess she was mad because he was beating her. But anyway, um, I when I got fired from that spot, <laughs> Leo's like, "Where's this going?" When I got fired from the <laughs> spot, he refused to give me my last check. So then my stepfather came up there and they got into it, right? So now my stepfather, he was a fucking weed smoking alcoholic. So he went up there, eyes red as fire, 
And he was like, you gonna give my son his last <laughs> check. Okay, you gonna stop fucking around and give him his last check. And the and the guy was getting belligerent with my stuff. I was like, fuck you, man. You look like a fucking drunk. Look at your fucking eyes, man. Get the fuck out of it. It was like in the fucking Shoppers Village security came through. I wound up seeing one of my boys and he was like, Yo, what's going on? I was like, Yo, it's, you know, my stepfather's kind of wilding out right now. <laughs> Just trying to get my last check. We got my I got my last check though. And that's basically it. Uh, wow. Sorry. Why'd you get you why'd you get fired? I think well, I got fired because I was supposed to be. I was um, my family was having a family reunion, and I wanted to go. Mm. And the guy wouldn't give me the fucking day off, and I was like, I'm not coming in. I'm, you know, so I booked off sick. I called out sick, and when I came, he's like, Yeah, you, you're not going to be able to work here anymore. Mm. And that was it. Punk ass place. <laughs> wow, Alaric. Oh, my first car was a 1973 Toyota Celica. And, Best. Uh, I, I love that car. That was a good car, man. It had a it had a sunroof, but you had to manually crank it. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. I drove that car probably about two months before I noticed that every time I drove it for a long period of time, I would smell gas. So I had never gone in the trunk and lift up the floorboard. <laughs> so there was a rusted out hole right by the exhaust. And so the exhaust was coming back into the car so i was slowly killing myself with carbon monoxide yeah but wow. I, I drove that car to wow. death he drove this shit like a yo rick drove that shit like a jamaican drug dealer from like <laughs> from the 80s b i've never i listen we worked together at the time we was working at um at kennedy airport yeah i lived in lakeview lakeview was like five minutes ten minutes from the queen's border from jfk to my house Record time, 10, 15 minutes. 10, 15 minutes. I would be on the on the southern so state. All the way back. Yeah. Was, <laughs> you know, it was it was just pinned at 80 because the top, the top, uh the top speed on the speedometer was 85. But I was definitely going more than of 85. Because if it's on 85 for 10 minutes, you're going faster than yeah. that. <laughs> and then and, and then the fact that your the catalytic converter and everything was hollowed out and you had fumes in the car, just you thought you was actually going faster. He was actually doing 20 miles an hour. Right, right. Real talk. Just, it was the inhalation of the fumes that got us fucked up. Just but. high on fumes. Yeah. Oh, man. There's people behind you all and shit. Yeah. <laughs> Slow down, man. Uh, my, my first job was, uh, I was a paper boy. Mm. But paper I was the boy, worst paper, paper boy. boy there ever was. Like an angry paper boy. I did not like getting up in the morning. Mm. It yeah. was it was a pain in the ass. My route was not even that big. I probably had like <laughs> a I block. I probably had like <laughs> it was 10 to the corner and back. Right. You like fuck you, fuck neighbor. This. So fuck I, you, Miss Johnson. I started uh, waking up. They deliver the papers on on your front step, and just. Throwing the newspapers in the sewer at the corner, and going back to bed. You were not then, a very good paper boy. No, no. no. And he, the worst part was on Saturday, I still came to collect. Wow. <laughs> I was like, I, I don't know what happened to your papers. Your papers. <laughs> I you. put it right here. I know it didn't last very yeah. long. <laughs> yeah. Two weeks later. Right. Because then they started calling my boss. And, yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I didn't do that. And then I went to work for my father, which. <sighs> mm. Which was worse? You know, it was it was good and it's bad. Like, my father was going to be harder on me than every other employee because you're expected to, you know, work at a certain standard. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the same time, 
I got a lot. Of, I got away with a lot of bullshit that you can't get away with. At, you know, I was working for a real employer, but I wanted to get out as as fast as possible because I wanted to work in the mall. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, those are my my first two. Ricky, you can't finger pop the women <laughs> by the cash register, sir. That is not something we do here at at my business, sir. <laughs> what about you, Mac? What was your first girl? Uh, first call. I had a, I had like this like reliant K for like two seconds, but then I um <laughs> my mother's boyfriend at the time had given me that that didn't run right. So, but before that, I had a my grandfather's nineteen seventy Doodle Brown Cadillac Coupe Deville. Coupe Deville. This is a beautiful car. Hey. I think about this car all the time. <laughs> I'm so sorry I didn't keep that car. Love, love, love. <laughs> It actually yeah, it came. Got, it actually came with a bitch. This was, <laughs> <laughs> it had brown leather seats. Oh, that might have came with two. Yeah, that, that car was your big ass in the back, girl. <laughs> and I and I and now here's what happened with the car. So the car, the, my grandfather bought it new, and we just kept the car. And my grandfather had passed, and cars just was sitting out there. I was like, yo, market, let me rock this or whatever. So I started driving the car, but. It got eight miles to the gallon. Mm. <laughs> um, I could only put high tests in it. I wasn't making no money. So I was mm. I was putting twenty dollars a day in it twenty years ago. Mm. Damn. I, no, I was putting ten dollars. I was putting ten dollars a day in it twenty years ago. Mm. And you know, gas was a lot cheaper then. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was that. And then one day I'm in the city and I park on the street. And because it was a coupe, the doors like would swing mm. wide open. And I was trying to get out of the car and I waited for traffic to stop. And it was a big truck next to me. And I was like, all right, cool. It stopped. And I opened the door and I realized that the light was about to change. So I went to pull a door back, but the edge of the door got caught on the fender of the truck. And he bent the door. But let me show you how well made this car was. He bent the door all the way around to the front bumper. Mm. Got out. He pulled over. We exchanged information because I'm thinking he hit he hit me. I'm gonna get paid. Mm-hmm. I called my insurance guy. He was like, "No, actually, that was your fault." So he was like, "He was like, you might not want to do this." And even the driver was like, "He was like, yeah, this is gonna be your fault, dog." Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I, you saw so fuck that no, it's I, your yeah, fault. yeah. So I bent the door all the way back around, and then I started driving it for a while. <laughs> but then what happened is. I, that's just a funny visual. I'm sorry. <laughs> so it was, it's funny now. It wasn't funny at the time. I was mortified. That's some, that's some cartoon shit right there. <laughs> exactly. So I just bent it right back there. I bent it right back. Now, but it was it, it was clearly dented. It wasn't closing right after that. Mm. But it's still closed. It shouldn't. It, but no, but it was closed. It was still like I, I drove it home and with the door closed. It was bananas. Mm. And then the reverse stopped working, so I couldn't. The car couldn't go. <laughs> so now I would date girls, and like I'd go up a street, I'd have to. I'd have to put the car in neutral, get out, and push the car. Sort of, so you got you to see. It. I can oh pick you God. up, but not on that street. You, okay, let me tell you. Let me I'm tell gonna you slow down so real quick. Jump was, to the window. So you, so you should have seen my little ass trying to push this. My first. That's not my first car, but I had a car that did not go in reverse. Oh. So I would have to drive <laughs> in a way. That's so funny thinking about. I'd have to think about hills <laughs> because I wanted to slide into directly because I couldn't back up. It was a one shot deal. Right. It was so I'd have to 
became an excellent parker. Yeah. <laughs> excellent. I can park same. fucking anything. I promise. Same, you. same. I can park, I can park like crazy though. I can't I can't uh drive worth the shit once I've been drinking a little bit, but yeah. Uh, well you should he can't do I'm, any, I'm, he can't which do is why reverse. I don't right, which right. is why I don't. Exactly. Right. He can't reverse though. <laughs> and I you always have to park where you can drive straight out. Right. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that's parking crazy. Yeah, parallel parking. Somebody park in front of you, you are fucked. You are so strategic <laughs> about your parking, yo. You're like, all right, fuck this. Let me see. Let's see. Mm-hmm. She leaves at seven in the morning. <laughs> this motherfucking. You was the corner. Out. You was the motherfucker always getting a spot at the corner. <laughs> <laughs> you knew what my car was, but yeah, yeah. forget. Sorry. Who's nah, sorry. first job? What was that? So I worked. I, I worked for my mom for a little while, but then I, I wanted like a job, job, and I think my first. Oh, wait a minute. No, did I work for her? I don't know. I'm not, no, I don't think I work work there. Uh, my first job was McDonald's, mm. three seventy an hour. Wow, mm. balling. Who was you working at? Which one? I don't want to say. Oh shit! Um, what, what? Flushing. <laughs> he stole out the register. My man, say? I ran a whole criminal <laughs> enterprise. Out Damn of it, man! I had four. I, this the McDonald's is, this people is a, are listening to this. I, right? Yeah, I don't even want to fire. run it social. Da, 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 da. I know the statute of limitations. We're is getting you. Got your ass. We're getting Yo, you. Yo, I had I had the manager. I had my manager and three people on payroll. Jeez. Wow. What? That's a true story. Let me get a cheeseburger and a kilo. I probably nigga. shouldn't tell the story, but let me get a cheeseburger and a kilo. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> that's a number. That's a number three, sir. <laughs> let me get uh, two. <laughs> no, the cheeseburger was the code for fucking heroin, right? Let me get ten cheeseburgers. Yeah, you know, I was always a little businessman. I was a little, yeah. And then one day they asked me to come in. I was like, yeah, no, nah, I ain't coming in today. He goes, you know what? Bring your uniform when you come next time. <laughs> I was like, what? Yo, I just fucked up my hustle. Hold up. The fucking Northeast regional manager of McDonald's came in one day. He was like, let me get this straight. We've sold 700 fucking hamburgers and all we've gotten is $10. <laughs> the fuck up. Something nah. is definitely fishy. Nah, I was, I was very. Wait, why does he live in the Northeast and he sounds like Basil Hayden? <laughs> because all McDonald owning white folks sound like this. That is super facts. Yeah, we sold 10,000 of these fucking hamburgers and all we made was $10. Get that yeah. Mac in here. Yeah, I, I I regret it now. I regret it. Well, I apologize to them. But thanks for the computer. This is Buford Billy Ray Swanson. And when I'm not cutting the heads of chickens off, I listen to the Code and 40. You know, those guys are pretty good. They talk about aliens, Roswell, and uh, the fact that Jesus is coming back. Well, maybe he might be coming back. Well, anyway, listen to the Code and 40, goddammit. So, Leon, you know. you're... you're, you're- car that didn't reverse was that your first car? that wasn't my first car um one of my favorite cars and actually another funny story quick funny story about that car i was trying to turn on a block that was really tight and i just missed the turn and the car got stuck on a hydrant i had to call a tow because <laughs> you couldn't back up because i could not back up. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you couldn't put it in neutral and push it off it it hit at the very perfect point where the bumper and the hydrant is yeah it it locked it it literally was like if i wanted to put it in this spot i could not have put it in that spot wow but it was it just would not move off of the hydrant mm. damn so then then the dude this is a really fucked up story after i think about it so i was working at the ag's office 
I, there were no cell phones at the time, or at least I didn't have one at the time. So I go into the house, the neighbor was kind enough to let me use her phone. While he's turning my car, he actually hooks it and takes my car. So leaves me in the middle of that neighborhood, and I'm like, what the fuck? He just bounced. Bounced with my car. Wow. And I had pizzas in the car because I was delivering pizzas. <laughs> so there was a lot of people in Nashville who were very upset that night. So he takes my car. I get back to, I was working at the AG's office. That was a part-time job. So I told one of my friends who was an attorney, she was like, oh, no, fuck that. So we went up to the lot. She just said, wait here. I'll be right back. Yo, my, they were releasing my car in like 10 minutes. This shit was crazy. It was it was one of the best jobs I've had. It was a lot of cool perks. perks. But my first car, I can't even remember the name of it, but it was a Dodge. And it, this is how fucked up it is. I can only remember it by how people were dissing my car. So they would call, it was bright red, it was fiery, it was a two-door Dodge. And they would call it the lipstick. <laughs> mm. oh. Disrespectful. Disrespectful. How much did it cost? How much did it pay for the lipstick? Had to be like, it was under 5000 mm. It was under 5000 And um, I wound up wrecking it. Not wrecking that car, but I didn't treat that car well. I remember being on a hill and <laughs> driving off. The chick was in the car. She was like, I don't think we're supposed to go down this hill. <laughs> <laughs> That shit went. Shoom. <laughs> And then fucking bumper hit the ground. We was like that. I'm like, oh shit. And um, I think the bumper was just fucked up, and that was it. But my first job was actually in Brooklyn for a uh, corporation that was trying to clean up Atlantic Avenue. Mm-hmm. So we were the first. In retrospect, it's funny. I was like, I was a part of the gentry, and I was working for the gentry. Didn't even know it because we were gentrifying the fucking Atlantic Avenue. Was that they? Did they start Atlantic Antic? They were in partnership. So it was Atlantic yeah. Avenue Association. Yeah. And so they were kind of doing all these events. And yeah. so we would uh, first clean all the streets from it, uh, from Flatbush all the way down to the pier and uh, re replanted uh, the trees if they needed replanting and just really started. That was the first step into Atlantic Avenue, kind of changing its wow. uh, atmosphere or what did they pay system. You? How much did they pay you? I don't remember. I'm surprised you guys remember. Payment chicken. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it had to be around like, if I was working, about $4, something wow. like that. You yeah. was making banks, huh? $4 an hour. I remember oh. the first check I got, the dude that worked with me, Edgar. We were in the we were in Albee Square Mall. And the dude was like, kind of flashing his cash and was like, yo, I'm about to buy this jacket. And I'm like, yo, this dude, was like standing next to us in the uh, front of the store. He punched Edgar square in his face, took the cash out of his hand wow. and ran. And I was like, <laughs> this is before I became all militant and shit. I just started scooting back like, that's my man, but this is my money. <laughs> Edgar, I got five dollars. <laughs> right, I could buy his, Yeah, I could buy some lunch for us, but my dude, but yeah, he uh, that shit was crazy. That's well, that's Albie Square Mall for Albie Square Mall, yeah. yeah. I got. Yeah. I bet so, I bet you that was the first and last time yeah, that was Edgar like Edgar ever pulled out money anywhere. Ever. 
ever. Edgar don't even drive by. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that be square ball down. He was the first he one. Like, oh, he nah, was the nah, first nah, one to really, left. Make this left right here. He was the first one to really get into the whole debit car phase. He was like, debit car. He was like, are you guys open? I need a debit card. Um, I heard it was released today. I need uh, two of those. <laughs> you know. Yeah. That changed his life, though. Mm. It literally changed his life. I think um, he definitely calmed down. Like, he was... Like you could, an event can change the trajectory of your life. Mm. He was going this way, like to the left. Yo, that shit was like this so, is straight this is corrective behavior right here. So Edgar, when was your life changed? Oh, it has to be that day in Albert Square Mall when that motherfucker punched me in the face. <laughs> I don't we know who was out with that day, but he got real quiet. <laughs> I was on it. I slipped behind a Pele Pele, like mm, <laughs> just like yo, yeah. Definitely was not anywhere near. After you know, literally after he got punched, I just stepped into the store. And mm. just, it's like, yo, these got they got. I know they got these new tank tops yeah. though. <laughs> Edgar, <laughs> Y'all got those, Edgar? These are hot. Oh, okay, <laughs> you got this in a schmedium. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Speaking of, what's the scariest situation you guys have ever been in? Robbed at gunpoint. Yeah. Word. Yep. You were robbed at gunpoint. Yep. I was. Uh, I was attempted robbery. But yeah. <laughs> It, they got. They didn't get you. They didn't. They didn't get anything from me. But yeah. okay. Um, yeah. I, actually, it was in Queens when I lived in Cambridge Heights, and uh, my boy lived across the street. And he was coming with me. We were walking the dog. He was coming to walk the dog, and I guess this might have been like ninth grade, because I was working. I bought myself this nice little leather with a fur collar. Mm. He was wearing a leather with a fur collar as well. Different, different style. And I think he had a two finger ring and a tiny ass chain. Two finger ring. Yeah. So these dudes pull up in a car. We've never seen them before. Camber Heights is pretty small. You, you get to know mm-hmm. cars and people and who's, who's driving what. And uh, these two dudes pull up in a car and we're on. So we would be on the driver's side. So the driver pulls on to the wrong side of the street and is asking, hey, do you know where such and such lives? And we're like, no, nah, no, nah, we don't know anything. The passenger reaches over the driver, points the gun out the window. It's like, run your shit. So they take my boy's jacket, they take his two-finger ring, they take his chain, and then they throw it back because it was too small. <laughs> and then they left. Yeah. Fucking minnow-ass chain. Dude, I was so shook. Like, I'd, at that point, I'd never even seen a gun before. So it was pointed at me, and you're just thinking, mm. oh, these dudes are going to murder me. Mm. Mm. Um, cops came, and it turns out that uh, these dudes were from Brooklyn, and they'd been doing this for a while, and they were looking for them. Mm. Yeah. That was a scary moment. Wow. So they never got the ring back? They ne- as far as I know, they never caught them. But they knew who they were. Mm. Because they, they pulled a bunch of different uh, armed robberies, and they're coming to Queens to do it and wow. go back to Brooklyn. Mm. Yeah. Yo, what we doing a nice thing? Just go to Queens. <laughs> Brooklyn, Queens. I, I think the scariest thing that ever happened to me was probably in the last couple of years when I did that show in, in, in Newark. Well, it's not really Newark. It's the name of the town, but I was doing a comedy show, and they shot up the whole fucking show. Oh, yeah. And I had... I had performed, I had just gotten off, and the chick that was closing the show guessed up, she starts performing, and we're all sitting in, it's a small spot, I mean, the stage is, it's, it was actually in like a fried chicken spot, 
Don't ask me why I was doing a fucking set <laughs> in a fried chicken spot. But, you know, so chicken, we, uh, there was chicken being fried. Okay? Chicken circuit. And there was... There was Did they pay exactly, you on chicken? Did they pay you on chicken? They, they should have. gave you an eight piece? Not even, son. Fucking a wing and a fry. So she gets up. She's doing her set. And we're all kind of looking at her. And next thing you know, you hear a pop. So you don't think nothing of it. Then you hear another pop. And that's when you go, No. That's not a coincidence. <laughs> that's nobody with gum or anything like that. So then I look, it, it kind of got quiet. And as this, you hear the second pop, these two guys were like giving, embracing each other. Now, I don't know if they were trying to get who they mm. were shooting. Next thing I know, I hear is pop, 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 like rapid fire. Mm. My boy grabs me and he threw me down. And we're both laying there, and all you can hear is pop, 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 pop. And that lasted for about five to 10 seconds. Now, the whole place was covered in glass and, mm. and, and smoke from the gunfire. And now we don't know if they're inside. I, I didn't know if they were inside the store now. So my next thought was they're going to start shooting people on the ground. So I look up. My boy, he thought he got hit, but the way he hit his shoulder when he, it was really hurting. So now I'm checking myself for bullet holes, mm -hmm. right? So I didn't get hit, and I wound up having like some bleeding in my hand. So then I'm looking out, and I can see there was a guy at the door who was limping. He was like, "I got, I'm hit, I'm hit." I looked at him go out, and I made sure that he walked out first. Mm -hmm. Once I saw him walk out first, and I didn't hear any additional gunfire. <laughs> <laughs> he was the fucking. He was the fucking he was decoy. He was the drive-by decoy, <laughs> just in case them niggas wanted to shoot again. I wasn't gonna be the first one out that motherfucker. So as soon as he walked out, I got up and pew, I was out. Mm. Wound up walking up to running up the block. And then you see the people coming out because it's it was kind of like on one of those blocks that you still have residential and it's like a corner store right, type right. of thing there. I start running up the block. I get in the car and now I'm still checking myself to make sure that I wasn't shot. Wow. And as I'm driving off, I can hear the police coming or whatever. And come to find out, I think that night, I think three or four people were hit. Mm. Um, nobody died. Uh, there was a couple of bad injuries but it was over some drug shit because they wound up finding inside of one of the cars it was like mad drugs like heroin cocaine or whatever and it was some gang shit but mm. when I heard that second pop and next thing you know that shit was like pop, 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 that shit I thought I was dead mm. I thought I was dead I was like I start feeling myself and then when even after I'm in the car and I'm going home I'm still like making sure because I'm like there's no way because the shit was the gunfire sounded like dude was right next to me when he started shooting, but he, they shot up the whole spot. Then you hear the people screaming and crying about, you know, help, help. And I was like, nah, I'm not that dude. I'm out. Mm. Like, I'm not a helper. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, I'm a, a runner. I'm a runner. I'm a survivor. I'm, I'm going to make it. As <laughs> so, soon as the dude walked down, he was like, I'm hit. And he started walking out, and I was like, there is an additional gunfire. I'm getting mm. the fuck out of there, B. I'm not sitting around for the police to come and interview me. Mm -mm. They, they never interviewed you? No. He was home. Think about that time. But I would think someone, son, they could have watched a video and, son, and saw who was on the bill. Son. No, it was not that big of a show. Son. <laughs> oh, no bill? Oh, he said no back. camera in the chicken spot? Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> what kind of chicken spot? Hold, hold what on. What respectable chicken spot? Hold, hold on. There wasn't even Doesn't a flyer? Hold on. Let me rewind this. No purple flyer? 
didn't I say that I was at a chicken spot? <laughs> <laughs> Nigga, what made you think there was a bill or a flyer? It was barely a microphone, sir. It was open mic night at Kennedy Fry. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Don't uh, worry, my friend. We'll pay you with a biscuit and chicken. <laughs> no, sir. I didn't know how the chicken circuit worked. Yo, okay. it was crazy. And wow. with this comedian, yeah, we was... I think the show I did right after that was in Brooklyn at Flatbush, mm-hmm. Brooklyn. And I was nervous because it was just just being on stage, but it was the first time doing a show. Right. And I was like, I just hope they don't shoot up. I remember that. He's like, he's like, yo, I don't know if I can get on stage. Yeah, oh, because like, I was thinking, I was like, this is Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> Jamaicans have bigger guns. <laughs> You're not funny. Boom. Bang, bang, bang. But yeah, that was a crazy show. What about you, mate? Uh, there's a bunch of them, but the one that stands out the most is um, I was at a educational conference at the University of Maryland, and I was supposed to teach. And I was at this educational conference, and I told my I told my boss I couldn't make it. He was like, "No, you're gonna be here to teach these kids." So for that reason, I had to get up at 4 a.m. to catch a van to the airport for like a 6 a.m. flight or some shit like that. So I'm out in the lobby with the guy behind the counter and I'm having a cup of tea, you know, kicking it with him, whatever, whatever. And I have my laptop between my legs um, in a little bag on the floor. And we were just shooting the shit. You know, I'm waiting for the, for the truck to come. And a, uh, a big black truck pulls up and two guys run in to the two guys. Sorry. Yeah. Two guys run into the hotel in all black, like full on military gear, black masks and handguns. And they point, and it was, there was another, sorry, there was another guest in the lobby and pointed at all of us and run in. And I put my hands up, like, like hands up, you know, don't shoot, right? So the dude comes around and he jumps over, one of the guys jumps over the counter and starts cleaning out the register. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? The other guy who's sitting there with the guns looking at me, he goes, put your hands down and act natural. What the fuck you mean? So I put my hands down, act natural. And in my head, I'm like, please don't steal my laptop. This is all I'm thinking about. I'm, like, I'm not even thinking about getting shot. I was like, don't steal my, my laptop. Oh, yeah, I, got, I had files and shit on there. I was like, you know, I'm gone. thinking about the data. I'm like, nerd shit. So dude jumps back over. They run out and they drive off. They run off and they drive off and they basically, they basically just robbed the hotel. And then the cops come and we found out there was a series of, of robberies and this is how they've been doing it. But they both clearly had military tra- training. I didn't there was even no think question. If hotels had that much cash on it. That's what I thought. And this wasn't, you know, I mean, this was Oh two maybe. So like credit cards were a thing. It wasn't right. like, it was like, you know, so, but I, I don't know what they were trying to do, but I mean, if you saw their outfits, they literally looked like they were like militia. Mm. Like they were just going to shoot up the hotel. Like that, you weren't, were you thinking robbery or you were thinking like mass shooting? At the time, mass shooting wasn't as a bigger thing. Yeah. I definitely thought robbery. Yeah. You know what I mean? But they literally had on black masks. They had on bulletproof vests. They had on all these other attachments. They had on black, uh, black, uh, black cargo pants and black army boots. I was like, Mm-mm. shit, they might've been police wasn't getting paid enough. They gonna cut our overtime. <laughs> I got some for their ass. <laughs> and it we'll create more crime at the same What's that time. big, the big black truck, the, the Yukon? Yeah. Had a, they had a Yukon. Mm. So I was like, they had a Yukon and they drove that way. Police came, said, what happened? I was like, they came in, it's like, 
Run the run the paper. Now, what was so what was so gangster? It was a little skinny white dude who was behind the counter, and he robbed them, and then they ran out. As soon as that door closed, my man ran around the corner and ran outside and ran after him. I was what? like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Yeah, that was the whole. That was the strangest part about this shit. Stay here, dumb dumb. If he'll shoot you inside, he'll shoot you outside right. too. Yeah, and they said they they was like they Listen, was like my powers only work outside. <laughs> Stay here, I got it. <laughs> Once I'll I walk indoors, it's my kryptonite. And when the guy left, he was like, <laughs> when the guy left, he was like, yo, don't move for five minutes. He's like, this, he's like, he's clear, but and the funny, he was, so, they were so like super super chill. They were talking to us, and they were all super chill about it. He was like, put your hands down and act natural. I don't know why. I remember. I can hear his voice right now. I was so terrified. I was Jesus like, Christ. Yeah, mm. and he brown said, but he didn't take that. He didn't take the laptop. Mm. He was there. <laughs> it wasn't a porn saved. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Robert. Wow. Thank you. I don't know. I was trying to what sit you here think about what was my scariest moment. Um, I, I too have had a lot. Uh, I'll go with um, fighting a dragon. <laughs> Have you ever seen a dragon fuck? <laughs> um, yeah, when uh, so I was walking to the store, and this guy just—I um, mean, was this in Brooklyn? This is in Brooklyn. Damn, Brooklyn's getting a bad rap today. Killing them. Uh, but you know how you just are so oblivious to what's going on around you, and you're thinking about whatever's. You know, I think I was in college at the time, as a matter of fact. You're thinking about um, either going back to school or tests and just, you know, teenager type shit. So as I'm walking to the store, this dude just like bumps me and then just kind of grabs me by my shoulder. And at this almost in the same motion has a gun right in front of my face. So he's like, yo, give me give me your money. I'm like. I don't have any money. I'm in college. I, mean, <laughs> I don't have any money. So, but he's getting agitated. He, he clearly, I mean, in retrospect, he probably was on drugs and he's getting agitated. And like for a second, just seeing a gun waving in your face and it's like, you don't know what's going to happen. Oh yeah. So, um, just a, a woman winds up walking by and scares him off. Wow. And he just starts running and it was just like, had he shot me, that would have been so random. Right, because I was just going to the store to pick something up, and he just happened to see me. Mm. So I saw you pick up them chips. <laughs> you got the dollar bag. I know you got some bread. In I hadn't even made it to the store. <laughs> I don't know what I was doing, oh but God. yeah. But that was life in Brooklyn, man. And back in the day, yeah, yeah. Subject to get that ass what for, for anything. Man, I remember being chased from junior high school with kids who had spitting razors out of their mouth. Mm. Wow. I was like, mm, remember that? That's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> New York. <laughs> really? All day. Yo, this is Vincent, a.k.a. Many Voices. Hey, what's up? This is Alaric, and I'm speaking directly into the mic. This is Mac, a.k.a. Mr. Rourke, making all your dreams come true. This is Hello. Thank you for listening to Decoding 40. We invite you to come back this next week and every week. Make sure that you follow us. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. On Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Do we tweet? A little bit. We tweet. We tweet. All right. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter. No Snapchat at all. And go to www.decoding40.com. Make sure you sign up so you can keep following us. Thank you for listening to Coding 40, goddammit. We locked in. This is Decoding 40.